Hey, babe. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> and welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina, sitting at the dinner table, but it's actually breakfast time. Um, I'm chilling. I'm menstruating. I am on Kawia and Luceno territories, also known as Merino Valley, California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Thanks, Karina. Nice to see you, babe. I see you, babe. <laughs> so this is your girl, Asia. Um, I'm here with Jay Fizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Cheyenne, U and Arapaho territories, also known as Aurora, Colorado, aka um, Karina's birthplace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also menstruating. And Yay. I wanted to talk a little bit about it because my auntie was like, that's TMI. And I said, <laughs> I shit, I piss, and I bleed. Period. I fart. I burp. <laughs> I cough. It's true. Thing about my humanity is off the table, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I started talking about menstruation, and I know it's obnoxious to some of y'all listeners, or you're nervous or whatever. After reading Tony Kate mm-hmm. Bambara's *The Salt Eaters*, mm-hmm. and in that text, she you know, talked about was really about like activism sort of in the 70s, 80s. Uh, And when she described her female characters, she would tell these stories that also included menstruation. Mm. And it's like, everybody's like battling and marching and then like people's tampons are slipping and things like that. And I'm like, (laughs) the addition of the complexity of menstruation, I never saw Mm. like women and, and female folks like depicted with that part of us revealed. And so I was really empowered to share. Um, But yeah, so what's in your medicine bag, Karina? Well, in my menstruation medicine bag, (laughs) you already know um, I got my motherwort shout out. Also, um, shout out to Catskill Mountain Herbals, because listen, you put in your order on Monday, it's going to show up on Wednesday, period. So I love that (laughs) because sometimes you just need the things. And for me, I needed motherwort desperately. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy. Also, this one, finally, I'm tasting a motherwort that has those chocolate notes to it. Mm. So, you know, I'm thinking about what kind of drinks I'm going to (laughs) make. That's right. You are. that's right um so yeah shout out um to motherwort and then obviously shout out to hawthorne i'm taking on asia's advice that she gave in the last podcast so um we're utilizing this for cramps also and as well and to obviously expand my heart because you know my heart be shutting off to these niggas but you know it's fine oh it's a consistent work okay <laughs> oh but uh yeah I got my heating pad in my medicine bag because oof 
that thing that thing will preach that thing oof y'all if y'all don't have one one of those like plug-in ones oof it just it literally changed my life like a year ago so I recommend it um for the menstruation medicine bag um and then doubling up on infusions because you know I'd be feeling drained and tired so yeah, I'd be doubling up on my infusions those days. Today, I'm going to be drinking Linden. And one that I like to add because I like the taste is chickweed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm adding chickweed today. So, yes. Yeah, that's in my menstruation medicine bag today. Thank you, <laughs> Asia, for highlighting menstruation and I think that the people who listen to the Petty Herbalist podcast, y'all love to hear it, okay? Period. <laughs> no matter, you know, if you are a menstruating person or not, I'm sure you appreciate the knowledge and all the things. Truly support the menstruating people in your life. Yeah. The women, the trans people, the non-binary people, every, the girls, Listen, we're all here to be supported and loved on, especially during this time. That's right. So Asia, what's in your medicine bag? And it can be your menstruation medicine bag or just a regular (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah, well, I talked a little bit last week, but I will share more. I will definitely share more. Um, I change everything up during menstruation. I don't work Mm. out because my body's working in. So I move from sun salutations to moon salutations. I Mm. focus on hip openers during menstruation. The whole goal is to allow there to be flow and ease um, Mm. as the energy is like moving out my body. Um, I this is the only time of the month where I have a lot of chocolate. Um, and so I just get my cacao powder, like the one that (laughs) Karina brought from the DR for me. I still have that one. Those balls. Yeah. Yeah. They're perfect. (laughs) Yeah. They're so, cause you just, it's just one ball. Mm -hmm. And, um, nettle of course, to support my kidneys. And then of course, y'all know my biggest, my biggest medicine is as soon as I know my moon is coming, I, I defrost the liver. Sometimes Mm. it's chicken, sometimes it's duck, sometimes it's goat, like whatever animal liver I can get my hands on as long as it's grass fed. (laughs) Um, But y'all, even organic liver is just fine. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, like I I eat liver and, and then I have like great energy for the rest of the month. But if I don't eat, bloody like red meat I get depleted for the rest of the month and so it's very Mm -hmm. important to get that like the diet for menstruating bodies and women is not going to be the same as the diet for other people we actually have special and differentiated needs Mm -hmm. um and it's important to like honor that honor that difference you know um so that's, that's some of the things in my menstruation medicine bag, including more sleep than normal, um, mm-hmm. capturing my dreams, mm-hmm. um, and, and deep, uh, interrogation, because if y'all know women's mysteries, which y'all don't, um, then you get that there's so much more than the physiology of what's happening to our bodies. Yeah. Um, and so shout out to all of those who know how to capture and store, Um, the beauty that's available um, in our embodied being. 
Ooh, so Asia, you know, because we're uneducated and whatnot, um, how would we find, <laughs> how can we uh, ascertain the, uh, the mysteries, the women mysteries that yeah. you speak of? I mean, they're in the archives. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm sad that when folks decide not to be women anymore is like, then they're less likely to study women's history. Um, mm. they're, they're less likely to go into the archives and like find the gold and, and capture all the lessons that uh, have been passed down to us. Um, and that's fine. But all the lessons, um, they show up in story. And so some of my favorite uh, Jungian analysts like uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, mm. Auntie CPE, um, <laughs> does a lot of, of work in the archives um, in the deep history. And of course, there's like all the goddess like archivists from the 70s and 80s and 90s actually mm -hmm. um, have a lot of that information. I'm thinking about like the chalice and the blade um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a premier text. Um, and so really to discover that, like look into your own lineage. Mm -hmm. And if you can get past your self-hatred, um, me, me talking as Asia experiencing lots of self-hatred and shame around being a female. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can move past that into a level of acceptance, then uh, those mysteries will be available to you. And then if you can't move past that, then it's important for you to create based on your embodied experience, mm -hmm. because it's like the patterns live in your DNA. You right. can't escape it. Yeah. Right. You could either research. There's, you know, one thing you learn in school is like you could either spend your time in the library or in the laboratory. Mm. Right. You could either be in the books and the archives or you could be experimenting. Right. Mm. And so neither path is wrong. Mm -hmm. I choose both. I'm in the laboratory mm. and in the library <laughs> and then I go back and forth and back and forth. And that's how I build my knowledge base. But you all get to build your knowledge base based off of your body and your experience of the story of your identity, which is different mm -hmm. for all of us. So I really encourage, though, that we go back and get it. I really mm -hmm. encourage that we learn and read and study our ancestors. Um, so Bonfu Somme of the Dag Dagara tribe of uh, West Africa is, is one of my favorite indigenous African archivists. Uh, mm. storytellers uh, and uh, she's a really great source uh, for those of, of West African descent to see how the women of our lineage bleed and burn. Mm. Wow well thank you for that Asia thank you for being generous yeah that knowledge for <laughs> of course you know I want to know the things I'm uneducated so uh <laughs> Yeah, I love when you tell us that you know we're raggedy. It's the best. <laughs> but um, yeah. So to help us become less raggedy, we want to get into sacred fats. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. I mean, we started talking about it from the beginning of essential oils because we want y'all to know the truth. And so, you know, now that we're past essential oils and letting y'all know that they're not safe and they're not the oils that you think they are, let's get into actually oils and fats that are accessible to us that are safe. 
Yes. Let's talk about fats, baby. baby. Let's talk about you, you and me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that, that there can be. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> why are we like this (laughs) so let's start off with animal fat Karina uh what's your relationship to fat to fat in general or just well you're an animal I am an animal I do have fat um (laughs) you know um okay (laughs) me as an animal um I live the human experience and I live the embodied experience of a 31-year-old woman who grew up in the United States, in this society here, um, mainly um, amongst Black people. And I've had to live in a lot of primarily white spaces. Um, and I often looked at my body in the lens of, hmm, I guess I always idealized like a taller, more slender woman, but who had like nice hips and thighs. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always compared myself to women who had like nice thighs, um, and slimmer like uh torso areas um but I am short and I finally had to you know come to (laughs) like (laughs) you know come to (laughs) come to the acceptance of like the fact that I'm short my body is not like that kind of curvy um although you know I'm a little thick now (laughs) I wear large now y'all okay period (laughs) um but yeah so I have like a thicker torso area I finally have really nice hips and thighs so really happy (laughs) I'm making my uh childhood self happy um but uh yeah I because the fat in my body has not been distributed in the ways the ideal the idealized ways Mm. um I think that I have become upset with my body um because I know that like I'm looking at my body and I'm like literally if it was distributed like if there is more instead of having all this fat in my belly area and it was in the butt I would look healthy you know Mm. but since Mm. it's centered around my stomach I feel like I don't look beautiful like the idealized people like you know the bbl body is still in right now Hmm. um so yeah i guess right now my relationship with fat is that i'm working through my body looking different than you know the ideal even though i have all the knowledge to know that my body like was doing what it's supposed to do been through a lot in these past two years Mm -hmm. um I was on birth control so my body thought I was pregnant and so I'm off of birth control now but your body doesn't just be like oh okay we're back to you know before it was like hey we have a new body now right and we're gonna maintain this new body 
Right. Um, so I've had to work through a lot of mm. fat phobia, to be honest. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I work out a lot, you know, like every day and I don't lose weight. I don't, yeah, I'm not looking like how I used to look. So I'm, there's, there's just a lot of struggle um around uh fat in my own body right now so yes that's where I'm at what about you bae mm, thank you for that that rich uh that rich sharing um and mm. I just want to reflect back at you that I really like heard you name sort of desiring your fat to be uh, proportioned in different ways and I heard mm-hmm. your celebration of having hips <laughs> I also celebrate you thanks um, I heard your discontent that like I'm healthy I work out but my fat doesn't you don't think it displays that like I heard you first name and locate your 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 black female body uh, mm-hmm. within the context of white supremacist American capitalist patriarchy mm-hmm. um, and I really heard language of like struggle so I just want to recognize you and recognize that this is a common um, that this is normal and this mm-hmm. is exactly how we're supposed to feel as women um, as we gain more power and expand our power they want us to focus on shrinking our bodies Mm. so how are you supposed to get big if you're focused on staying small right (laughs) right and it causes Mm. you to center like shrinking and so if Mm -hmm. you're trying to shrink your body all the time then you're in a shrink mindset instead of a growth mindset Mm. um I'll name sort of the story of my fat And listeners, I want you to be thinking about the story of your fat. And the story of my fat is fat and gender. Mm. Um, We talked about the endocrine system being influenced by essential oils, which are fat. Yes. Right. And the compositions of estrogen, testosterone, progesterone in our bodies also determine how fat is located. Mm. Um, So I have my mother's body. and my mother uh is a goddess (laughs) my mother is a goddess shout out to Clarice shout out to Clarice like (laughs) you know she we have uh smaller hips really large thighs and and ass and medium boobs (laughs) small medium ish you know um flat tummies flat tummies right like and and that that's not that's not my doing that's Mm -hmm. the the genetic pattern that was passed down my mother and I are both highly estrogenic Mm. right and that's actually dangerous because highly estrogenic people also experience um different mental sort of disorders right? Mm. Like, so we are very, very female on that spectrum, meaning we have like less testosterone. That means we'll burn less. That means we'll hold more, Mm. right? My voice is like, I'm talking from my belly, but it's still like a highly feminized voice. Um, Yeah. Versus me. Yeah. Karina has (laughs) a deep voice and I got a, a very 
muscular square figure. Exactly. But Karina's body is specifically and particularly in line with indigenous Maya people. Yeah. There's not a difference between how Korea Karina looks and how the Maya people looked or the Zapotec. That's why Mexico, like, yo, I could compare my body to other people because I was like, wow, like our bodies, like, like my body looks like theirs. Their body looks like mine. Like I didn't feel bad about my body. That's right. So it's sexual dimorphism, which is with females who are highly curvaceous and males whose bodies looks like a upside down triangle that often happens in patriarchal societies where the men are forced to do very different labors than the females are forced to do. Mm. Um, But in more egalitarian societies, you'll find interestingly enough that people doing similar labor activities causes the body to actually be more squares (laughs) Mm. right so there are benefits to having sort of a square figure it's a solid it's a solid shape like yeah all these curves are fragile right we're talking about lower back pain all sorts of things like happen Mm. um so my story of my fat black body um has been a story of cover-up um like This shape, I've had this shape since I was a child, right? Mm. I was a little girl with this, this, this body. Um, And so I dressed like a boy. So I Mm. was like, you know, I was, I was very much they for the longest time until I met Karina and started wearing the same earrings in high school. (laughs) Right. And it's been covering up these curves for my safety. Um, Mm. For, for not wanting to be predated upon or being treated like I was older than I was, which was a constant issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, like I've experienced deep fat phobia because my body isn't white. It's not, mm-hmm. I don't have a Vata body. Karina has a Pitta body. I have a <laughs> Kappa body. Okay. Like it is thick and juicy (laughs) and like all the things like it's just so juicy it's just ridiculously soft and thick and truly um and there's no way to there's no way to thin a cop of body because it doesn't do that we were created to hold and we Mm. do that when there's a famine and y'all starve we will be the ones (laughs) able to reproduce the human right Thank that's, you, Asia. <laughs> yeah, that's why Kappa bodies were created, right? Like mm-hmm. we survive famine um, and we can have, you know, many children from our childbearing hips. Like, <laughs> let me just say. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think like the story of fat and how it's proportioned, it also has a lot to do with the endocrine system. Fat is often what defines gender, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like wanting to have fat on your chest, which are breasts. Mm -hmm. right is what people associate with being a woman wanting Mm -hmm. to have fat on your hips right the proportionality of fat has a lot to do with how we think about gender Mm -hmm. um and we will try to change our hormones our endocrine system to change where fat is located but Mm -hmm. where our fat is located is often genetically determined i have my mother's body she has her mother's body and it's all the way like that back and back and back and back right right um and so I wanted to name 
that we are, we're talking about fats and animal fats. And the first animal that I want to center is the human animal Mm. because we've made fat mean so many things. Yeah. And it's only in modern commodity capitalism uh, that fat has become a problem. Um, Mm. One of my favorite uh, professors Ooh, Dupree, Dupree, Dupree. Uh, her last name is Dupree, but she said this thing about uh, thin bodies being the perfect bodies for neoliberalism mm. because they're able to consume, 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 and not tell the story of their consumption. Mm. Right? It's like bulimic bodies, like those bodies that stay thin, even though they're eating everything, is perfect for commodity capitalism. Yeah. Right. Because those bodies are capable of ever consumption. Mm. Uh, And so then commodity capitalism punishes the bodies like mine, like Karina's that tell the story of its life. Mm -hmm. Because these aren't, these are bodies that get full. Like we're full. We've had enough. We don't Mm -hmm. want any more of your shit. Like we we're done. Mm -hmm. Right. The punishing of fat bodies goes all the way back to it's racist. Um, the demonization of fat bodies is often linked to the demonization of black women, yes. right? And our fat as this thing that's wild, that needs to be contained, that's dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so there's there's the history of, of fat phobia, the history of racism, the history of classism, right? Remember that like Karina and I's body were valued just a few decades ago yeah like because this is the regular this is a regular body like this is this is just body right Mm -hmm. like but it's only that it's been demonized in this particular context and now they they have a a more crazy standard which is which is like we want you to have a thigh gap curvy hips no belly and huge boobs we want you to be a living breathing brat's doll yeah and people like me like I'm like <laughs> like wait on. <laughs> how you got hips but no thighs like th- I know that makes zero sense <laughs> <laughs> so you know this like weird thing where they're picking apart oh we want black people's mouth but white right. people's nose we want mm-hmm. the eyes of an infant we want the eyelashes of Bambi we want <laughs> a neck like Bambi <laughs> we want titties like a pregnant woman we want ass like a black woman Uh and let's go back to the face remember you can't have wrinkles your face can't move like (laughs) you know cheeks yeah you can't have cheeks down here they have to be at your cheekbones like (laughs) y'all oh you can't have hair either remember you gotta go get that lasered right you can only have hair on your head and then you have to draw extra hair on your eyebrows right but no hair under your nose or Mm -hmm. under your chin that's a no-no nope (laughs) so this like obsession with controlling the body and controlling fat is really just controlling women and having us Mm self-center it causes us to self-center it causes uh, this terrible self-centering at the moments when our power is growing. Indeed, we can link 
different female archetypes to different movements in history and women's rights, right? Mm -hmm. So in the 1920s, all of a sudden you got the flapper. You had to be super, 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 super skinny to mm -hmm. wear those square dresses, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time when women got the vote, oh, now you got to, you know, now you got to be waif-like. And mm. every moment in feminist history where women have made gains, there's been the clap back by constraining our bodies. Y'all trying to wear those goddamn corsets Ooh. so you could distort your rib cage Thanks. so that you can corsets. What are the other, th all the, all the things that constrain the chest. It limits your ability to speak and shout out to my trans BBs, but also like, what do you lose when you're compressed in that way versus right. what do you gain? Like your lungs actually determine your ability to breathe, which determines your ability to speak up and stand up for yourself, right? Yeah. So when we're thinking about all these ways that as females gain power, the culture tries to constrain us with clothes and norms about the body so that we can't be our full selves. And now the males are getting it too. And I'm sitting back like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, <laughs> they're getting it bad. I mean, you know, shout out to the homies who are already getting Botox, but <laughs> yeah, the men are getting the Botox. The men are getting the lipos. The men are, you know, being forced into these diets. Um, the men's are... <sighs> They're dealing with so many things. And, but what's worse is that they're not talking about it. They have to take it on in silence because right. there's, there's really no help. There's a lot of shame, shame, blame, and guilt around uh, this body obsession. Yeah. You know, I know someone who, I mean, by no stretch of the imagination would be considered fat who's a man and like this man is obsessed like this man definitely has disordered eating and like called himself big <laughs> and I was like how where I'm getting out my magnifying glass I'm you know <laughs> I had to whip out the microscope I'm like where where is the fat yeah but they're getting the messaging as well yeah you know because you know, the industry understands that they can manipulate the males too um, in order to sell these products. So yeah, even these like protein powders have some sort of like weight loss element to it too. Like right. fat burning. Yeah. You know, people want to burn, people want to burn the fat, but you know, fat is just a reservoir of undifferentiated potential. Mm. Fat is simply potential energy. Yeah. You know, how, why do animals like us store fat, right? We take, mm. uh, the body was designed to run on carbohydrate digestion, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about the Krebs cycle. Uh, Karina Shout just out. shared a really great TikTok with me. It was really cute, but also I felt, come for um, I know that's why we can't share with y'all because it's it's really a lot it's the truth but you know that's why we have the petty herbalist podcast to you know give y'all the truth but with a hug with a hug <laughs> we give you a truth about this was no there's no hug no. here 
I was left cold. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> but it's really important to realize that the body works off of carbohydrate carbohydrate digestion. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens is that it puts fat into long storage the way that plants store uh, excessive sugar and they convert it into inulin mm -hmm. in their roots. We convert the excess sugar into fat. And not only that, we're really going to get into the, the power, the beauty, uh, and the magic really of fat. Um, but when I teach about fats, uh, we always have to talk about fat phobia and what mm -hmm. it costs us uh, so that we can move into right relationship with all animal fats uh, mm -hmm. and all plant fats. Um, yes. Eating fat doesn't make you fat, by the way. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that because of um, what's that diet? The keto diet. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> You want to learn how to reprogram your body so that eating one grain of oats causes you to gain 10 pounds? Like, yikes. <laughs> diets help, they, they make you die. So stop yeah. it. Yes. Um, amen. amen. Um, so <laughs> you ruin, you ruin yourself with the diet. Yeah. Um, and I just want y'all to know that Asia knows the things because Asia's done all those diets, by the way. <laughs> Asia's done all the diets, but then Asia's read seven books for each diet she took on. So it's yes. like, I'm, <laughs> she's well-versed y'all. I tell you, she be in the library. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Asia be in the library, then the lab, then back to the library, then the lab. Like she's really a mad scientist. So Listen. when your aunties tell you the things, <laughs> it's because we know. It's because we know. And so we're going to continue on fats, safe fats, and we're going to get into making medicine with fat, Yay. which is very exciting for us to share yes. with you. So, um, but yeah, I think now we're going to move into our bougie auntie word of advice. Yes, let's get into it. Oh man. Um y'all, I've been giving a lot of just kidding. I haven't been giving a lot of advice. I've been trying to take my own advice. Um trying to really take care of myself. Um hmm. I think that last week I shared a little bit about um taking care of myself, comforting myself. And uh, I made a TikTok and someone called it self-parenting. And I was mm. like, hmm, that's interesting. I never thought of it as parenting mm. myself, but I kind of like that. I like that idea of taking care of yourself like you were a kid, like making sure that you have the snacks that you like. Make sure that you are taking a nap at the time that you need to take a nap. Um, making sure you have your coloring book. You know, I think what's cool about parents and kids is that they make sure not only that you have things that you need, but things that you like. Like mm. making sure that pleasure is a part of your everyday. And so, yeah, I... I have always said that I like to do that, but I want to make that a practice for myself. So 
I would like to invite y'all to do the same, not just do the things that you need for the day, but make sure you are including those pleasures, you know, make sure, are you getting that TV show in that you like? Are you, you know, maybe not a coloring book, but, you know, are you painting? Are you singing? Are you, you know, trying to learn those TikTok dances? Are you trying to like me, you know, do those whining tutorials so that you could keep up with the Caribbean gals at the functions, you know, like those things, like make sure you have your, um, like baby bag for yourself you know wow like, yeah make sure you have the things packed and ready to go for yourself every day wow. so even if it takes the night before just plan it just a little bit just five minute planning to make sure that you have your baby bag like you will really appreciate it so mm. that's what I got for y'all what about you Asia <laughs> wow <laughs> Wow, I really love you so much. Love you. I, when I was healing a lot of my trauma in becoming an herbalist, I learned really quickly that uh, I needed to other mother myself. Mm. I had like the bad mother in my head and mm. I needed uh I needed Karina to help me to learn how to talk to myself correctly, mm. right? To like, oh no, I can talk to myself like this. And a big part of really working through um, my trauma was then taking on, you know, being gifted with this beautiful best friend, mm. uh, then taking on mothering myself the way that I wish that I was or the way that I wish that I had been. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Clarice, right? Shout out yeah. to all of our mothers who do the best that they can. Mm -hmm. um, but that herbalism is actually my whole process of, of mothering myself. Mm. It's like, if I feel an ache or a pain, I take care of it. Cause I'm yep. baby and I'm mama and yep. I'm daddy, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm all of it. And I had to learn how to nurture myself because I would allow pain to sit in my body or mm -hmm. I would allow me to be bruised and have it not be kissed. Or I would allow, mm -hmm. I would allow, right. I would allow myself to be hungry. I would allow myself to eat crazy food. I don't, you know, like, and I would allow it, but when I took on that I was my own parent and took responsibility for my body and my life, mm -hmm. um, that's when I started to gain my power back. So yeah. yes, I, I wholeheartedly love the way that you framed um, being a parent. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I really love it. And that is the essence of care, you know, mm -hmm. is to parent uh, without being paternalistic mm, that's okay. true <laughs> yeah um, so yeah shout out to that word of advice and and my you know my word of advice to you booze uh is I gosh I wish that I could take back 
all the time that I spent trying to disappear in my flesh. Mm. And the disappearance of flesh showed up in my world as suicidality, Mm. right? Like I wanted to disappear. Like I did not want to be here in this Mm. world with y'all. I wanted Mm. to disappear, right? And I, and I wish I could have that time back. I wish <sighs> all the joy, all the things and activities that I rejected because I didn't, I didn't want like my fat to be put on display, like mm-hmm. the way that like fat has shaped my choices and decision-making. I wish that I could have that time back. I really wish that I could. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I can do as an adult, right, is love those parts of me that didn't love those parts of me Mm. um so you know my bougie auntie word of advice for you uh is is to take those parts that you wish to disappear uh and I want you to take some fat some olive oil Mm. some Mm. some sunflower oil some sesame oil some shea butter, some coconut, some red palm, okay, Mm -hmm. some lard, some tallow, okay, Mm -hmm. some schmaltz, okay, (laughs) I want you to warm that fat up, and I want you to to rub it into those parts Mm -hmm. that you wish would, would disappear, I want you to rub those parts, maybe heat up that oil. And I want you to rub those parts until they feel warm again. Mm. The parts of our flesh that we wish to disappear go cold. The blood Mm. literally stops flowing to them. They Mm. harden. They become extra sensitive, sometimes even painful, right? Mm. Because we place those parts of our body in shadow. And for me, as a person covered, like literally those parts don't get to see the sunlight. Yeah. So they're cold. So mm-hmm. I want you as, as your, your bougie auntie, I'm telling you to, to lean into yourself, mm-hmm. bring heat, bring love, bring touch to those parts that you hate. Right. Mm-hmm. rather it's that little bit of fat that's like between your armpit and your boob <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like I'm never gonna get married because like I was what you know like Damn. bring some heat to it right wherever yeah. the skin has stretched bring more heat to it bring more mm-hmm. love to it any part like if don't let any part of your body be orphan mm-hmm and that, that is my, my bougie auntie word of advice. I want you to see what happens in your world when you, uh, you integrate your wholeness. Y'all think it's psychological integration. No, mm. right. It's embodied integration. Yeah. And that's, that's my bougie auntie word of advice to y'all. Let me know what happens. Send us mm-hmm. some messages. You know, we want to, we want to know what happens for you. Um, and so, yeah, thank you all for, for your listening and, and sharing and holding our stories of fat. And mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to continuing our sacred fat journey with y'all. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing all that, Asia. That was a lot. That was um, really vulnerable. It was embodied vulnerability. Mm. Um, hmm. And I think a lot of us can relate to the many of things you said. Um, but yeah, we'll get more into it later on. But uh, yeah, thank y'all for hanging with us, for listening, for following on the social medias, for commenting, for sending those five-star reviews. You know, we love to see it. But, you know, on honestly, any um, rated review is amazing um, for us. So thank y'all for doing that. Um, also, special shout out to those who have the finances to support us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash petty to support the production of the podcast and all the other things that I be posting. And then patreon.com slash bones, bugs, and botany. You know, Asia be doing all the things, okay? <laughs> and if y'all want those bomb ass recipes and access to all the things i began the you get early access and i'm like yep because mm -hmm, i'm a patron period <laughs> <laughs> so y'all sign up support asia's whole entire life and we got some special things coming up for y'all so you definitely want to sign up for patreon um sooner than later um and then yeah i think that's all we got for this week we will See y'all next week, but just remember to always stay ready and be petty. <laughs> Bye. Bye.